0: Cowabunga dudes and welcome to the Geek Wave, the first episode in our Tsunami Studios Cowabunga Summer. For the next few weeks, over a month, maybe until the release of Mutant Mayhem, but probably after that too, we're going to be diving into the world of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is also the low-budget show, it's the show so low it has no budget like always we'll talk about some news but more often than not this time around we're going to be talking about the toitles which is exactly what I've wanted to do my whole life it's the only thing I wanted to do my whole life Uh, if you were to take me as a five-year-old boy watching the 2003 series and just say that's going to become your identity I would honestly believe you because I don't think a, a franchise has inspired who I am more so than this one So we're going to be pitching Elseworlds for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I am about to say the DC Universe. I'm like, no, that's not what we're doing. Elseworlds from DC, that's what the Batman movie is now and the Joker movie. But we're going to be talking Elseworlds of the TMNT. Some ideas I have for other stories within that character and that world, and we'll have fun with it. But we do have some news to talk about. The unfortunate thing is, there's not a bunch of good news to talk about. (laughs) Maybe one thing... And then some studios making bad decisions, which is pretty much standard for the course right now, a studio doing something that the audience doesn't like. First off, we have to talk about this, Ryan Murphy, the king of television who created your favorite show from 2015 to 2017. He had a deal originally with, like, ABC, I think. Is that the company that made Glee and Scream Queens, or was that Fox? Either way, he had a huge deal with a network where they're going to look at all his stuff. And then, like, I think it was Fox because then FX had all, like, the American Horror Story, American Crime Story stuff. But that was just, yeah, okay. So he was with Fox for a minute. And then after Fox, he signed a big deal with Netflix and made some stuff that was fine. I don't remember any of it. I remember Hollywood because David Cornsweat might be Superman now. I remember that he made the prom movie where James Corden sung a song. And then what else did he make? Did he make Dahmer? Was Dahmer a Ryan Murphy joint? It probably it definitely feels like one. Things I don't like. None of that stuff is stuff that I, I find particularly interesting or worth talking about but he made all those and netflix was like good for you man hey we don't really want to have like a tours here now so we're gonna try to like you know maybe not work with people as much and he's like oh fine i'm gonna go sign a huge deal with disney then so ryan murphy is headed to disney i don't know what that means if it's gonna be like abc network stuff or, or whatever it's gonna look like but It's very fascinating that it feels certainly like Netflix is burning a lot of bridges where their people don't really want to work there anymore, so that kind of sucks, but Ryan Murphy, you you did your time there. You made stuff people like, I guess, if you could talk about it all, I don't know, and then Disney now? I just, hmm, what's he going to do at Disney that's, like, different from this other stuff? Of course, like, you know, they still have, like, American Horror Story going on there, and the... What is the next season of, no, because they're doing another, like, of the feuds. Is feuds uh, Capote's Girls? Is that the one or is that American Crime Story or something? He's doing Capote's Girls, which sounds bizarre. And I'm like, I I can get the OJ stuff. I can get the impeachment stuff. Capote's Girls sounds so specifically your stuff that I don't think it's going to be interesting to anybody. But I guess we'll find out. I always forget just how many things he makes. Crazy, but that's coming out. So I guess we'll see what's coming next to Disney and Ryan Murphy. Maybe it'll be interesting. I don't know. I do think he's one of the staples of television at the moment. And whether you like the projects he works on or not, the dude gets stuff made. He's like, <laughs> he's like the opposite. Not even the opposite of Taylor Sheridan. And they're like two halves of like the same coin, where you have like Taylor Sheridan. And he's like, I'm making stuff for men with grit who have beards and drink beer and want to watch cute girls be spies or tough men be tough and ryan murphy's like what if i serialize the events of andrew kundanen and then we sing about it in another story with darren (laughs) chris that's what he's doing and i'm like yeah that's so funny it's kind of like that meme You know like the meme of like those two girls in the car and one of them's like all dark and has like the dark makeup and the one's got like rainbow hair and she's smiling. It's kind of like them. (laughs) That's really fun. That's cool. So cool, man. More stuff to watch from Murphy, I guess. (laughs) Some other stuff I want to talk about. Unfortunately, we have to just bring up the shit show that is David Zaslov's tenure at Warner Brothers Discovery. A lot of stuff has kind of happened. Certain reports have come out over like the direction of the company. They are selling off a bunch of like their music licenses. So a bunch of classic songs. They're just chucking in the bin, including As Time Goes By from Casablanca, which upsets me more than any of them. Because I'm like, dude, you're killing me here. Don't do this to me. I hate you. I hate you you're a terrible boss of this company. It's like you hate movies. And then they made the announcement like we're partnering with like an AI company so we're going to use like an AI to figure out what audience is like. You know that thing that works every time. Not only did they make a movie about why that's a bad idea called Space Jam: A New Legacy, but there was like a like an article of a while back from what well, was it uh Bob Iger was it Bob Iger one of the one of the CEOs of Disney. I'm pretty sure it's Iger. He was like, there's something wrong with listening to what people want because then you don't get the things that can be special. And he cited things like we had like these people doing statistics and what the audience was wanting. And none of those things included a black Panther included Coco included these different types of stories we haven't seen before. And then lo and behold, those become some of the biggest shows and biggest movies at Disney. So Warner Brothers trying to do that sounds terrible. Where it's like, okay, so if we type in boop de boop, Christopher Nolan plus dark brooding plus, you know, Fincher esque equals this type of shit, this sounds awful. We're all going to die. This industry is falling apart. SAG should strike. Oh, man, I hate that. And the other day, too, they kind of had like a huge shakeup up with Turner Classic Movies. You all know I'm a big supporter of TCM. I love that channel. I love that service. It's how you can see a lot of films, old films that have been lost through time, time and time again. They show you classics that are curated specifically for their service. And it's an important platform for preserving film history. They laid off about like 50 people or 70 people the other day. Huge shake-ups are coming Mankiewicz said, like, we're not going anywhere. Things are going to be the same pretty much. But when you fire that many people for a small service in a small studio like that, there's going to be noticeable differences. It it definitely feels like uh, Zaslav does not care about film history. And he's just killing every chance there to be something special. I mean this in the nicest way possible. I think... Warner Brothers is dead in the water. Like, I don't know how they can bounce back from some of the choices that have been made recently. I don't know how a company owes that much money and is just struggling to stay afloat. How do you lose that much money? Like billions upon billions upon billions of dollars. I don't understand any of this. I think it all sucks. And I think they can't salvage this. I don't know what they can do. If Because there was, like, the report that Paul Thomas Anderson and Spielberg and Scorsese showed up to, like, talk to Zaslav about TCM. If you were to find another network to do TCM, I'd feel better. But it's scary to see this is what's happening. Like, they're losing music. They're losing people for their film preservation channel. They're done. I I don't know what's, what's next for Warner Brothers, but it's nothing good. And I don't, I don't think Superman Legacy is gonna save it. I mean, their most profitable film this year thus far has been Evil Dead Rise, and that was a small budget that made 146 worldwide. I don't know if they're gonna be, you know, in the clear this year anywhere else. Like Flash is bombing. Blue Beetle's probably not gonna make a lot. I I think Barbie might be like their their best bet for like a a viable future but this is all dangerous and scary so i don't think it's gonna work and just when you think things can't get any worse for the film industry well paramount plus has joined the band of people like disney plus and hbo max where they're purging content the moment it comes out So there was a couple of shows that were announced at Paramount Plus that are being purged right now. It all sucks. And the one that's kind of like of note for this channel is Rise of the Pink Ladies, which is a show I just finished talking about that I absolutely love. I absolutely love it. I think it's a strong, fun show that's so interesting and it's kind of scary that it's getting axed. And on on that note too, so is the show Star Trek Prodigy. So you're telling me Paramount made it their fucking business to be the place for Trek. And they're canceling the child-friendly show. That sucks. And they're purging it from the platform. So that and Rise of the Pink Ladies and Queen of the Universe and The Game are all being taken off the streaming service for tax write-offs and I'm, I'm tired. I can't keep doing this. You know, I think what's the most concerning about this, and it kind of goes into the thing we were talking about with like the AI, which is just a lot of the stuff that, that we see Paramount canceling at the moment is stuff with different types of people involved. So, How I just said Bob Iger was like, we wouldn't have things like Coco or Black Panther if we listened to that. Two of the things that Paramount just purged and killed and took off their platform, I believe these are off their platform at the moment. Grease Rise of the Pink Ladies is a show that features a prominently gay character as one of the main pink ladies. And Queen of the Universe is part of like RuPaul's stuff. And you have a bunch of... Queer people involved in the hosting duties. And you're telling me that we're going to kill two shows that have queer leads and just take them off of the platform? That sucks, but hey, Taylor Sheridan can make another one of his things. I think that shows you a couple of things when it comes to Paramount they thought they were going to be the home for the big IP stuff. And I think they still want that with what they're doing with Transformers and G.I. Joe and Taylor Sheridan, but their network is primarily older viewers trying to watch Yellowstone. I think that's apparent now. And it's people with nostalgia for, like, Sonic and Star Trek and things, trying these other things with characters and actors and talents of different sexual orientation. I, I guess we've learned that the audience unparamount isn't that diverse and that's kind of worrisome because instead of like doubling down on trying to be more diverse they have destroyed their chances of getting more diverse creators on the platform but thank god we're getting that new show from taylor sheridan the one of zoe zeldana that is indistinguishable from the other things fuck this man I'm i'm tired like You know, I I want so desperately to like support this industry. And I always tell people like streaming services were the future, but they're killing the industry. They're crushing any chance of this. This is is why the WGA is striking, by the way, because they can just do this and nobody's going to get paid for it ever again. Do you know how much it sucks to put like your heart and soul into a thing and have it end? And then a month later, it's gone from the history books. It's 2023. There is no excuse for lost media. We should not be living in that time. But here we are. Everything is brutal. This industry sucks. I hate it here. I can't. I I just I can't with some of this stuff. Like, how does that happen? We just had Rise of the Pink Ladies and it shouldn't be doing this. Crazy. It actually sucks. And I I, uh, I'm done. I don't know anymore. I don't know. Is this industry worth saving? Is what we should be asking ourselves. Probably not. Probably not. But let's take a break and talk about something more positive. We're kicking off Cowabunga summer, and we're going to be doing some Elseworld stuff. Longtime fans of this channel will know one of the earliest episodes of the Geek Wave we ever did was talking about the release of The Last Ronin, which was a book that interested me at the time because I'm like, oh, okay, Eastman wants to tell a, a Dark Knight Return story with a turtle. That's kind of fun. Since then, that concept has, like, branched down to its own thing. There are collectible items from it. There's a video game potentially coming from the Last Ronin off comic books with a new generation of turtles coming out. And that kind of excites me. I like the idea of, like, oh, we can expand specific moments of the Ninja Turtle lore and do something with it like that. This is a versatile concept and a versatile brand where you can kind of take it into numerous directions and tell very different, very intimate stories while staying true to the characters. Because there's like four basic tenets of the characters within their name. They're teenagers, they're mutants, they're ninjas, and they're turtles. You can play into all of those for different reasons and do different things with them if you want to. Something we don't particularly do a lot is branch out into other types of, you know, feeling or genre. We kind of just stay to, like, you know, the kind of, like, streets of New York feeling. And sometimes we'll get extraterrestrial, and we'll do that all these different times. But I just think there is something you could do that would be different with them. And we could tell different types of stories, take them to new places, try to spoof other comic books, maybe, like, completely rehaul the characters and their universes a bit. That's at least what I think you could do. So let's talk about some of the else worlds I would like to see with the Ninja Turtles. This could go a bunch of different ways. I have a couple for just like, this is like a time period you could play with if you wanted to. I have someone's like, you could spoof this comic book like The Last Ronin did. And I have some like, well, what if we just changed the fundamental difference of the characters and tried something truly new? And then I also have one that is just something I've always wanted to write for the Turtles, and that's my future. I don't... Have I ever talked about that on another... I think I talked about it on another podcast or something, what I would do with the Ninja Turtles, but this is just Elseworlds for them. So let's start with a basic concept of an Elseworlds comic, which is what if we were in a different time period? Maybe we're in a certain era, maybe we're in the future... I have a couple from the past we're going to talk about. Starting with one that has kind of been done in comics and in television and in movies. The characters have been to this time period, but they haven't really been, like, based in this time period, you know? Sometimes in other, like, comic interpretations, they're, like, incarnated from that time period, you know what I mean? But we could just straight up have them in feudal Japan, have them be, like, a class of ninja, a class of ronin, a class of samurai... And you could just easily have the Foot Clan be in the warring faction between Hamato Yoshi and his people. You know, it's pretty easy. Something I've always said, and I stand by this, is if we wanted to really get like in depth with the Ninja Turtles lore, we could do an entire movie that's just like the backstory of Hamato Yoshi versus Oroku Saki it would be really interesting scorned lovers children involved somehow eventually with one of them heading to new york and finding this rat or finding these turtles, or something like that depending on how you want to do it but if you just take like that basic concept of the warring factions you have a a leader of this clan who is out for blood against another one And you could put that in any time period you wanted for this particular reason, we're going to put it in feudal Japan, which is exactly what this is inspired by. I think a lot of like the more mature or older interpretations of these characters and their world focuses more on like the ninja and samurai and like the weaponry aspect of things, which is a very exciting place to play in and you could do something fun of that you could even have it like it's a mixed world where the mutants just roam the streets or like they are just secretly ninjas and they're all clad in these darker colors than just their their bandanas maybe they're hiding their entire body and somebody tries to like slash them with a sword and it breaks on their shell or something and they don't know what that is it's interesting it's, it could be kind of fun there's just we've we've been there before I know there's the third movie and they're in that and whatever but if we were just to be like a gritty dark story about a a warring clan against this man and you have it be Hamato Yoshi and Orokusaki there is something to explore in there that could be kind of fun don't know what it would be but it's 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 interesting enough to try Same with one, like, this is just, like, a classic. This is, like, a classic thing that everybody has to do. If you are a cartoon of any capacity, or if you are, like, a comic company of any capacity, you have to go do an Old West thing eventually. Because it's such a trope and a genre that is so easy to spoof. I'm sure throughout their history the Ninja Turtles have done that before. But you could easily make this, like, you know, some a dangerous like cowboy and his mercenary showed up to town and his name's like a Saki. they call him the shredder or if you want to do something different you could do it like it's Stockman and he's got like these different types of guns that are more dangerous and deadly and it's like a, it's like it can shoot mouse and something like that it's like a mouser type of gun or something like that and then you just have you know these people kids that kind of live in the town they live in like the outskirts but they like protect this type of old western civilization and like they're kind of outcast because of it something like that you know a little easy it's easy to do a western spoof and i i think that's kind of why i thought of it it's like yeah come on like it's easy they already they're already wearing masks you know just put a cowboy hat on one of them it, it works you know donnie could make a sick wagon or something it's pretty simple and I, I'd like to see it. I would write it if, if, you know, IDW is like, yeah, do one of these. I, I'd do them all for sure, but do that one. It's cool. And on that note, too, I think something that works really well, and it kind of goes into like two separate things I want to talk about. The first one is another place that we've spoofed a lot before, and it comes straight from an Elseworlds comic that I really like, is like, like the Victorian era that works well because you can get into like the nitty and the gritty and the dark and the dirty with all that kind of stuff and you you can explore these different themes and if you wanted to do like this is this is like the idea i had for it if you wanted to do like it's like a jack the ripper sort of story like there's this guy who lures young women into like this place and they're devoured by rats and you could have like a jack the ripper as character as the rat king and then suddenly, you know like with the industrial Revolution, like perhaps like there is this new company that moves in called like TCRI to this like this new city and they're developing all this stuff and they're like using this technology that nobody really understands and it leaks ooze somewhere. and these turtles who are like just like from this one I would have it like it's Hamato Yoshi is a is like a person. And he has these turtles and maybe he's, he comes to this like new land after like fleeing Japan after like a warring thing happened with the Foot Clan and he finds these turtles and he adopts them and he's working at this factory or something and then boom, ooze on him and a rat and they merge and then boom, everything happens that way and now he is vulnerable to what's happening with the rat king problem. And you could even do it as like April is like investigating it for something, maybe she's doing it for like the newspaper at the time and nobody else is really trying to tell that story. Interesting stuff to explore. That similar note too. I was thinking like in the same vein as that just kind of going like a couple of years later to like the 1920s and and I think there's something about that era that we could explore. Is that when prohibition was? I don't really remember. I should have researched that more. But I think like if we were to do like the exact plot of the Ninja Turtles, like the exact plot of what they're doing and just put it in like the 20s, like 100 years in the past, like the like this new type of city being formed and these new sewer lines being made that are easier to explore. But it's a city that is growing in massively popu- in, in massive population and it's becoming something new and different. And suddenly there's this mystery afoot in it. It could be the Rat King thing as well. It could be maybe there's like crocodiles in the sewers and people are starting to think there's something there. And you could do it as like this business tycoon from Japan named Oroku shows up and he starts infiltrating these businesses. And you could do that kind of thing. It's a very 80s idea of like, you know, like the Japanese or like the Chinese person taking over the American industry. But you could do something like that. You could even do it as simple as like maybe Hamato Yoshi is fresh off the boat and he's got his four sons. And they're like hiding in like the lower levels of like a ship fleeing another country coming to this new land. And they can start off in New York, too. Something like that. You could have it kind of be like the story, like the immigrant story of like, they'll never accept us for how we look because we're mutants. And you could also, oh, at the same time, if you wanted to, maybe Casey Jones is fresh off the boat too, coming from Ireland or something. And that's how they have a connection, being like these outcasts in this new world where they think they're going to fit in, but they don't. Like, there's a story there. And I, I think setting it in like the 20s of the 1900s you could just have a little more fun. Like the, the gadgets aren't as in tech as technological or advanced. So you can try something a little bit different. It'd look a little bit sillier. could be really fun. Could look cool. Like that is one I think you could do a lot with. Just telling that type of story in that era with those characters. There is something to explore. I'm just saying. Could be really cool. And from there, let's move over to some comic books I think it could spoof, because the Turtles' basic conception is just Eastman and Laird were fans of Frank Miller, and they're like, what if that, but it was a silly Turtle guy? And I'm like, I, I get it. The Last Ronin, a book I'm not a big fan of, it's just doing The Dark Knight Returns, which makes me go, what if we tried to do the same thing, but with other stories from comic books, and put the Turtles in them somewhere? So we kind of have, like, you know mikey's thing would be the last ronin which is the dark knight returns here's my one for like leonardo it would be doing a kingdom come story it could be we are living in a world where mutants are accepted and they're 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 just like liked by society but they're also kind of dangerous and deadly kind of like making leonardo like the superman and you could have like the next generation of whoever like the kid of a kid of a kid being like the magog parallel and he has to come back and just be like, no, like we are ninjas, we are mutants, we like serve our people, we're not better than them. Just kind of like the idea of like acceptance in this place is what we could be, you know? And it could be like his, in his generation, he was never accepted for being the mutant. And now that he's seeing the acceptance for mutants, there's also like that fear of who mutants are. And he wants to show them like, no, we are good. We stand for something. We could try that. And then you could just have, like, the other turtles fill the parallels of the other characters from Kingdom Come. Raphael would clearly fit into, like, the Shazam! Captain Marvel route if you wanted to. Or he could even be the Batman route. That would make sense, too. I could see that being the case. You could have one of them be deceased. It could be Donnie or Mikey. I do kind of like the idea that maybe in, like, this future, it's Donatello who's a little more hardened by this society and he's, like, the Batman role. Just kind of like this mechanical being who is defending things a different way. Maybe with metalheads running around doing all these different stuff. That could be kind of exciting and do something different for the characters. I'd be interested, you know? Could be kind of cool. Could be kind of silly and fun. That's all I want from this franchise. That's all I want to do with these characters is just do something different and unique. On that note too, different and unique. We've kind of done this one before in like you know, the like turtle power, of the movie, or no turtle forever. Of the movie Let's just do a crisis on infinite earths type of thing. I think there is something to be said about like the turtles multiverse that you could genuinely explore and have it work fine. They've done it numerous times before the 2012 cartoon had the meet the eighties one of the actual voice actors. Like I said, turtles forever did it, but let's just do it in comic books and have all the different stuff happen. One of the things that inspired the Mutant Mayhem movie for its aesthetic was clearly Into the Spider-Verse. So I wouldn't be surprised if like in a couple years, maybe it's five, maybe it's ten. Somewhere down the line, we're going to see like an Into the Turtle-Verse aesthetic thing where we're going to have characters appear from different generations in their own art style. Maybe like the Mirage comics, it's all black and white and fluid in this different way. Maybe we'll see like the last Ronin aesthetic too. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. And I think more than any other kind of like genre, we could be spoofing with the turtles. That one makes sense to be headed in the direction because not only is it popular right now, it just feels right for those characters. Like they would do something like that. I don't hate that. I've never been like the multiverse guy. I don't think it works every time. But there's something to be said about, like, this generation of the turtles are goofy little silly kids, and this one are hard-edged ninja warriors, and they make fun of each other. There's something there to explore. And I think we would see something unique happen in that that could be really fun and really interesting to develop. And I, I do believe we're going to get there some point. Whatever that looks like, I don't know. I just think that's where we could be headed eventually. Who's to say? Now, here's a pitch for a comic book spoof that I I really like. I really love this one. I think it could be really fun, too. Secret Wars is one of the best books Marvel has put out in a very long time. I don't think they've really topped it since it came out. But if you wanted to do something adjacent to that with the turtles, you could have the Doctor Doom role be filled by the Shredder. And you could have it like he won, he conquered Dimension X, he conquered New York and all of like Earth, he's become the ultimate ruler of the time, he stopped like the Triceratons from feuding with the Federation, he got everybody to stop, and now he's in control, and you just see he's like, well, what's left for me to do, I love that kind of story. And it worked for the Shredder for this guy who's always been angry. He's a little more like simplistic than a Doctor Doom who has multifaceted layers to him. But Oroku Saki having conquered the world, looking on it like, this is it. What do I do now? Like, my life's purpose is over. This is all I have to offer. And we could have different characters in different situations of the world maybe somebody like donatello or april o'neill is kind of playing like the doctor strange susan storm role where they're kind of like trapped in like that space for them maybe he's using bebop and rocksteady as like enforcers to keep like the lands together or even like he's got Triceraton doing that or something like that it could be something like maybe honeycutt serves the roles like johnny storm where he was like literally the sun it could be something like that happening I don't know. There's just stuff there that could be explored and talked upon. So if we're looking at it like that, I wanted to try to like create a world where each turtle has like their older story where they're like the more mature one. Because Michelangelo has his Dark Knight Returns. Leonardo would have his kingdom come. We would see that Donatello would have like his Secret Wars journey with Doc with um the Shredder. So that leaves Raphael. What would we do with Raphael with, like, his future journey? And I was thinking, like, well, what if we did, like, uh, Baxter Stockman's Bolivar Trask and he did, like, a Days of Future Past? And I was thinking, that could be kind of cool. And you could have, like, the granddaughter of, like, April and Casey from the future have to come back and help it, Or you could have somebody fill the Kitty Pride role. I don't want it to be like April. I feel like that's just like too easy to make April like the days of like the character that goes back in time. I feel like you could find somebody else to do it with. Maybe like within the universe too. It could be Karai would be an interesting one to try something with. We'll talk about Karai in a minute. I don't know. I just I just like that. I, I like the idea of all of them having like that story that represents what they've been going through in certain periods of both comic books and and storytelling so you know the last ronin is the dark knight returns leonardo's kingdom come future future wars secret wars would be donatello's and then you could have days of future past be raphael's that's something to explore and kind of fun and those are the comic book parodies i would do you could easily do something stupid with like a spawn but i feel like the turtles have kind of like played in that indie route for a long time that i don't really have anything to say about that so i have a couple just like hey these are like what ifs that we could do to try something different first one what if we just like flipped the children or offspring of hamato yoshi and orokusaki so it's karai who's raised by hamato yoshi slash splinter and then it's the turtles who are raised by the shredder orokusaki so it's like the same story essentially where karai is taking on the role of all the turtles being like the daughter of like this good guy and the shredder instead of having a daughter. Or, like, the Purple Dragons, or even Bebop and Rocksteady sometimes, or even just, like, the Foot Ninjas. He uses his sons, who are these mutated turtles, to fight them. You just have, like, the role reversal, where they're the evil ones, she's the good one, and it could be kind of fun. It could open up new dynamics for her having a relationship with April O'Neil, or Casey Jones. That type of thing could happen. It could be interesting. I I just... There's something there to explore. I'm not sure what it is specifically but having Karai take center stage would be really cool because she definitely feels like an underutilized character in like some iterations. I'd love to see more from Karai. I think eventually we will see it, but that could just be a fun thing to do. Just, just, just you know, we're doing some Elseworld stuff. What if, you know, Superman was evil? What if the turtles were evil? You get it. You've read Injustice, you know? It happens. And another one I was thinking, I was like, what if we just like, didn't do the guy turtles what if we just like redid kind of like you know how you know how like like spider-man life story like goes through every single event in turtles history or in spider-man's history what if we did that for the turtles but instead of it being leo Donnie, Rath and mike it was Jenica and venus de milo you know what if we just took the canonical female turtles that both have history in the universe and we did all of the key events of them. What if we did the original Mirage comic? What if we went to the Image comic stuff? What if we did the movies and the cartoons, but it was just the two of them having that connection? I think that would be freaking fun. And I like that. I have a soft spot for Venus de Milo as a concept. I know people don't like it, but I think it's silly and fun and really dumb, and cool, and, and Jenica is another one where I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's something, it hasn't worked perfectly, but it has a point to make, so if you put Jenica on a team with Venus de Milo, and the two of them, were like the turtles and they do the entire history of the turtles from their conception up to the modern day mutant mayhem stuff and like it's like 10 issue mini series and each one's kind of like a different iteration of their history that would be pretty exciting to see and it could even end with them being like hey here we go now we are introducing like Raphael, like the time we'd introduced Jenica. that could be that could be fun i don't know i don't know I just like that kind of silly stuff because it's I I, I'm not going to say there should be a female turtle on the team I think there's something to to say about it being like a group of brothers who are teenagers trying to find their place in a world but I'm always interested when they they try something new like that because sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but you know i think for the most part people have accepted Jenica as like its own concept and venus de milo you know you love it or you hate it 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 doesn't really matter but she's there she's in the idw books right she shows up yeah it's like a frankenstein destructive thing cool i don't know she's fun (sighs) i like her i don't know it's so stupid what a, what a time to be alive. Remember the next mutation? Do you remember the next mutation? That was a weird era. I'm, I'm glad they did it, though, because it just reminds you that not everything is good, ever. Naka, when are we getting those toys? <laughs> Do you think they'd license those? Do you think there's somebody at like, a toy company who's just waiting for, like, the next mutation to be released so they can be like, we got this. We have this in the bag it's time to release it i think it's possible i really do think it's possible and finally to end this episode let's talk about the one idea i've been i've had for the ninja turtles if i were to do like my future book it's an idea i had after i heard of the last drone and i was like this is a little too dark for my liking my my ninja turtles are kind of dumb kind of silly and just exist in this bubble where everything happens all the time at once. And I like that. So the idea I had is it's the future. They are parental age. And it's a new type of world where mutants are accepted. There's like a huge event that happens in their past that it's like their final battle is teenagers. And, and what happens is like it's the final battle against Kang. And in that battle all the mutants team up with the turtles that take down Kang. And all of the evil characters that work with him. And it releases a bunch of ooze and mutagen into the streets of New York and across the world, turning Earth into this mutant paradise with humans and mutants mixing. And in that moment, the turtles defeat Kang and the turtles defeat Krang and they, they destroy him. They win the day, but it scars Donatello because he knows eventually where they send Krang to. They're going to have to come. He's going to have to come back. Like, they they send him away to a dimension somewhere where he can't escape from. But it haunts Donatello thinking, he's going to appear in our lives again. I don't know when and where. And that drives him to have this thought in his, like, this looming presence in his head, like, something's going to happen. That's when they are, like, 17, 18 years old. Cut to 20 years later. They're all adults now. And finally, that voice rears its ugly head it's an echo from the Lost Dimension, which is what I would call it. And Donatello, who's like this master scientist working with some of the best minds like Honeycutt and Stockman, these people who have just learned to accept their place in this new world, they find out that Krang is on his way back to Earth. And Donatello has this and was like, oh no, I have to get my brothers back together to fight this. We've all grown up. We have separate lives. Some of them have become full fledged superheroes like Michelangelo's, the Turtle Titan. Some of them have taken the role of their father being like this master sensei to a new generation of students like Leonardo. And some of them just have a nice quiet life like Raphael. And suddenly, the thing that haunted them when they were Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is back to destroy their lives. And look, Donatello was my favorite turtle growing up. I like them all equally now, but I still always have that connection to him in a different way than others. And just having that type of story be like, yeah, the things that you did, it's kind of like that realistic thing or just like that realism thing where if you went to therapy and described like you were a teenager fighting a ninja with blades on his wrist, they'd be like, you need serious help and I can't provide it. That's the kind of thing I'd like to see. And just that idea could be a really interesting thing to explore if a character like Donatello, who doesn't normally get that type of spotlight, but we could shine it here, now, and do something different. That's mine. Echoes of the Lost Dimension. I, that, that is still something, when they let me write Ninja Turtles, and they're going to eventually, it could be when I'm close to death, they're going to let me write these characters, I'm pitching that, that type of story. But I like it. Do you have pitches for the Elseworlds of the TMNT? I'm sure you do. I'm sure everyone's got like there. Wouldn't it be cool if they were like in the future and like maybe April's grandson was there and his name was like Cody Jones and he had like a robot butler? Oh, wait, that's flash forward, which was insane. I liked it, though. I grew up on that one. It was really fun. They had weird costumes. And, like, like, lightsaber weapons, which is, like, what are we doing? Like, No, because he was more than just, like, the grandson, right? He's, like, the 10th generation Jones. I find it weird that, like, Casey and April's lineage is, like, that successful in the future. But that's a, we'll talk about all that when we do a retrospective on a certain era of cartoon. Until then, that is going to do it for this episode of the Cowabunga Summer Geek Wave. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel. As always, you can check me out on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And hey, never pay full price for late pizza, dude. Have fun. Stay safe. Cowabunga.